Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to this third class in the series on the Book of Haggai called The Glory Will Be Greater. This is for the Thames Valley Churches of Christ in the autumn of 2022. This third class is focused on the second part of chapter two. So in chapter one, we've had um, Haggai helping the people of God to recognize that they are deciding God's timing instead of allowing God to decide. Is it time for you to build your paneled houses when my house remains a ruin? Secondly, they've been confronted with the fact that though they have been brought back to the promised land by the grace of God, yet they have spent 15 years not honoring what God has brought them there to do to rebuild the temple. And so they have not given God pleasure or given him honor. Chapter 1, verse 8. And they haven't paid attention to the signs that he's given them to try and get their attention. There's been a drought. There's not been the right kind of dew. They haven't had their crops. Uh, they've had a lot of trouble, but they haven't recognized. God is trying to get their attention. Now, in chapter 1, they repent. Their relationship with God is restored. It says that they feared the Lord. They start rebuilding, and God stirs up their spirit. God's at work here in the power of his spirit to help them to do a good work for God and ultimately for the world. In the beginning of chapter 2, we have some words of encouragement to the people as they've now begun the work, and perhaps they're getting a little bit tired because it's hard work, and they're encouraged to but now be strong in verse 4 because I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. That's in verse 4. And don't worry about the fact that the current pile of stones that used to be the temple doesn't look much, uh, doesn't look anything like as splendid as Solomon's temple, and may never look quite that way. So don't worry about the past, he's saying. Don't worry about how things look right now. The glory will be greater. Chapter 1 and verse 9. That's the core of what's going on here. The glory will be greater in the future. It may not look the same as the past, and it's up to God to define how that glory will be greater. But nonetheless, they're called to trust God. And then he says, in this place, I will grant peace. Now, fascinating next section of the book of Haggai, from verse 10 down to verse 19, where I think, I'll tell you what I think is going on is, now that the people have made a good start, now that they're actually persevering in their work, now that they've got a vision from God as to the fact the future will be greater than the past, now they've got that, I think what Haggai needs them to do, or what God wants them to do through Haggai, is to deepen their conviction, to sustain this for the long haul. In other words, not just to do something good for God, build the temple, not just to react once to a, a, a call to soberness from Haggai. God is not only interested in their building the temple and of their repenting at this point. He wants a relationship with them that will last. And that's what he wants for us too. And so in chapter 2 and verse 10, Haggai comes back to the people in the second year of Darius. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priests what the law says, entering a debate here. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment, so a priest um, has holy clothing, he's got some meat that's been sacrificed and is therefore uh, for God and that is therefore holy, he's carrying that, and that fold of the garment, that fold of his clothing, touches some other bread or stew, some wine, olive oil, other food, does it become consecrated? So you're carrying 
some uh, meat sacrificed to God in the fold of your garments. You're a priest. You come up against some other food. Perhaps someone brings you some other food. They want to be made holy. Uh, here on the video, you will see that I have a lemon, um, a homegrown lemon from our own lemon tree. My wonderful uh, gardener wife, Penny, has grown tremendous lemons this year. And so let's say I want this uh, lemon to become uh, a holy. And so I touch it against a priest's clothing where there's some holy meat inside there. I think, great, you know, I'll get this, touch it against that, and it will become a holy lemon in the Lord. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, does it? That's what he says. Uh, does it become consecrated? And the priests answered, no. It doesn't work like that. You can't just make holy what you want to be holy. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priests replied, it becomes defiled. So holiness is not, in a sense, contagious, whereas uh, a lack of holiness is, is his point. Then Haggai said, so it is with this people. So he's now talking to God's people. He's saying, do you realize that you are not as holy as you would like to believe? Not as holy as you were designed to be. And so it is with this people, this nation, in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do, whatever they offer there is defiled. Whatever they offer there, where's the there? It's got to be the temple site, hasn't it? Not yet rebuilt, in process. But perhaps they're now thinking, okay, the temple is being rebuilt, therefore we're holy again. We weren't holy, we were taken into exile, uh, it was our own sin that took us there. God, by his grace, brought us back. We then failed God for the last 15 years. We've now repented, so everything's okay now, everything's fine, we don't need to worry anymore. And I think what God is trying to get through to his people is, you know, your holiness depends on me. It doesn't depend on anything else. It depends on my working in you and through you. And I want you to stay with me here. Stay with me here and then I can do that. But I can only make you holy if you hold on to me. Remember, you were a holy nation. You were my chosen people. But then you sinned. Then you rejected me. You worshipped idols. I took you into exile. You didn't pay attention to the warnings I sent through my prophets. So you had to go into exile by my grace. After many decades, I brought you back. But even after bringing you back, you still didn't honor me. You didn't please me and honor me by doing the very thing I brought you back to do, to rebuild the temple. And even then I sent you warnings. I sent you warnings of droughts and uh, 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 drinking but never having your full, putting on clothes but never being warm, earning wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. I warned you again and again, just like I did with the prophets. You still didn't pay attention. Now, I've sent Haggai. I'm so pleased that you paid attention to him. But you've got to get this deep in your heart that you've got to be loyal to me. Loyalty to me and to my ways, my priorities, my timing, what I believe to be significant. This is what you must pay attention to. Give careful thought to this from this day on, he says in verse 15. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. Went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck the work of your hands with blight, mildew, hail. You didn't return to me. And this is this turning the Lord wants. He wants a turning of the heart. You didn't return. Uh, from this day on, this 24th day, ninth month, give careful thought. Give careful thought. He keeps repeating that all through this book. Give careful thought. To the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, give careful thought. Is there any seed yet 
left in the barn. Until now, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. Then this last phrase, so important, from this day on, I will bless you. And what I believe God is saying to his people through Haggai here is, I want to bless you. I am with you. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me that when I say, let's build the temple, put, put other things aside and build the temple and I'll take care of everything else. You know, we have a lot of pressures on our lives right now, don't we? At the time of recording, inflation is going through the roof. Uh, fuel prices of petrol or gas, electricity, these prices are going through the roof. We're having a, a difficult time uh, emotionally in many ways with the uncertainties of still coming out of the COVID period and not being sure what's going to come next. The war in Ukraine is going on as I record this. There are many other places, uh, situations of instability around the world. There are uh, uh, challenges that we all face personally, and some of us are going to have difficulty paying our mortgage and our fuel bills. We're concerned, some of us, about our children. How are they going to cope in the years to come? So many things competing for our emotional uh, energy, for our brain space, for, for the loyalty of our hearts. So many concerns and fears and worries that if we're not careful, we could still be Christians going to church services, turning up, saying our prayers, perhaps even reading our Bible, perhaps bringing, bringing food to food banks to help the people that are even less uh, well off than we are. We could be doing all these things and yet missing what God is actually showing us, what God is actually teaching us and not deepening our loyalty to God. You see, you see, whatever you think of politics, whatever you think of the world today, there's only one person who deserves our ultimate loyalty. And that's our Father God. He's called you and me to be a holy nation, just like the Israelites. He call, he's called us to be a kingdom of priests. He's called us to be the people carrying holiness into a world that now can have access to that holiness of God through you and me. We carry the holiness, the, the power of God manifest through the raising of Jesus from the dead to, to overcome sin and the power of death. We carry hope into the world. That's what we carry. We carry hope. But to carry hope into the world, we first must carry hope in our own hearts. And to have hope carried genuinely in our own hearts means finding that hope from God. You are not, we are not going to find hope from our politicians. Uh, I'm not denigrating politicians. They have a tough job to do, but that's not where our ultimate hope is going to come from. Our hope is not in our children. Our hope is not in our church leaders. Our hope is not in, uh, in, 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 in or if, as long as I do this, my career will advance and then my pension will be good or, or I can pay off my mortgage. Or I, all of these things can be helpful and valid things to think about. But our hope is in God. God may strip away even more than he's allowed to be stripped away so far. Have you considered that? He might strip away more. We may go into a more difficult economic situation than we're in now. We may have another COVID situation come along, for all we know, or something similar but different. You and I don't know. We don't know. What, is that per what did that person say? We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. We are in the hands of God. And I hope and pray that as you think about this message to 
the Israelites through Haggai, you might see that all of the challenges that the people of Israel faced, the challenges of not having everything that they had hoped for, that instead of 20 measures, there were only 10. Instead of 50, there were only 20. This is all evidence of the grace of God because he knew they'd never be fully satisfied and happy with the material things. He knew they needed him and he knows that we need him. You need him. I need him. Our family groups need him. Our locations need him. The Thames Valley Church needs him more than anything else. One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the temple of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Psalm 27 verse 4. Haggai is deepening the convictions of the people of God. They, they do love God. They have responded. They have repented. They have got active for God, building the temple. Excellent. But their holiness depends on their wholeheartedness of their devotion to him. I wonder what lands there for you. What do you think about all this? It reminds me somewhat of Revelation chapters 2 and 3. And the challenges to the churches there who were filled with Christians and yet the challenges came from the Spirit of Christ to get them to be a little sober about where things were at and to ask them to carefully consider the, the circumstances that Jesus was calling them to think about and often to repent of. Is there a way God has been trying to get your attention, your group's attention, so that you might be then sobered, repentant, and return as the first, as he says, you didn't return to me, declares the Lord. This was in their past. Now they have returned to him. Will they stay with him? That's the question. What will help you to stay with the Lord? Not just to return, but then to stick around for the long haul so that you can be with him and ultimately be useful to him on this earth and then with him in eternity. I'd love to know what you think. So let me know. Drop me a line if you like. Malcolm at MalcolmCox.org or leave a comment anywhere you hear or see this recording. Well, there'll be one more of this series coming in a couple of weeks' time, which will be focused on verses 20 to 23, so just a short bit at the end, but I think carries quite a punch. I hope you're enjoying the series. I'm finding it spiritually refreshing, challenging, and encouraging. Till the next class, take care and go.